Blog Talk Radio. Yeah, yeah. DJ Clue, Desert Storm, The Rock, The Rock, This shit right here, The Rock Army, Dame Dash presents the Dream Team niggas, word, word. What's up, y'all? Yo, this is Dame Dash, the CEO. Here to welcome y'all to the Dream Team. What y'all niggas thought I was gonna rap? Never. I'm just a little mad at niggas coming at my neck like my teammate the best in the world. You know what I'm saying? Like we ain't got B, Cam, J, Bleak, Freeway. Make corpses, they kids. 
Now, the, the drug in question is an anti-estrogen agent that is typically used after a cycle of steroids to prevent many of the side effects that come along with the performance-enhancing drug. Uh-oh. Let me find out. Uh, <laughs> but uh, real talk, though. But, I mean, so he's been suspended. He's got a hearing coming up. The, the two tests he failed, one was well, a pre-fight out-of-competition test he had on June the 28th, and the other was from the night of his fight on July 9th when he faced off and defeated Mark Hunt. Uh, Lesnar, again, won that fight by unanimous decision, but the state of Nevada has the right to overturn the results depending on the outcome of his hearing, which will be scheduled at a later date. And now he is he getting sanctions from the uh, Nevada uh, State Athletic Commission, but he is also facing possible sanctions from both uh, Nevada and the United States Anti-Doping Agency, who has oversight over UFC's drug testing program. So Lesnar could be in buku trouble uh, coming up because of these two failed drug tests. Um, and the final story is a, is a happy one. A happy birthday goes out to, to World Wrestling Entertainment chairman, the man behind WWE's success for the most part, Vincent Kennedy McMahon. He turned 71 years old this week. Uh, everybody knows Vince McMahon from his on screen uh, when he was on screen as an as an uh, an announcer, uh, a commentary, and then he morphed into his on screen persona, Mr. McMahon, the boss, and he's also a former WWF champion and a former ECW champion. So happy 71st birthday to Mr. McMahon. And if you don't wish Mr. McMahon a happy birthday, then you're fired. Okay, I had to get that out. Okay. And that's your quick three for today. Well, all right, then. <laughs> all right, let's kick let's this off. It. Oh, man. How about how about the Americans' dominance in uh, 2016 Summer Olympics? Oh, I mean, dude. how do you oh, feel dude. about it? <laughs> they had, like, the next closest to them in terms of medal count was still 50-odd medals short of them. That is absolutely out of control. That just shows you that the U.S. Came, did not come to fuck around with the Summer Olympics. They came to, to win medals and show that the United States has superior competition to the world. Um, and it's just amazing that they walked away with, I believe it was 121 medals, which was the most. They even had the most gold, silver, and bronze medals. So they just, it was all around domination, all around domination. I mean, it was 121 overall medals. Like, they kicked ass pretty much at every damn near event. Like, I mean, not only to lead the total medal count, but to lead all three, gold, silver, and bronze, that's fucking amazing. Like, I mean, this is straight dominance. I mean, the and closest the thing, country behind them is China with 70. Exactly. And here's something to think about. The USA 
was could have had 122. We um, we could have placed in a medal like we if we could have placed in the medal count at um, in the women's golf. We had a woman who placed fourth in the uh, women's golf event, and had she had a couple more strokes, she'd have probably placed bronze. We'd have had 122 medals of that 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 we were like one place short of. 122 medals. Man, all I gotta say is uh, shout out to Cal Snyder. <laughs> He's uh, he was on the men's wrestling. Um, this guy actually took home as of right now, I believe, four gold medals. That's amazing. Four. Look. We're going to have like he did not come to fucking right now at all. So you do gotta give to a go shout out. You do gotta give a shout out to Usain Bolt though, who continues his streak of gold medals in Summer Olympics. This dude has not lost a single race when a gold medal is on the line. This dude is undefeated. He got an Undertaker like streak when it comes to those to those races. Oh yeah. You can't like I mean you do. Oh yeah. But he might he might go out as the greatest track track athlete ever. I think if he's, he's already, not already that. He's done. I think he's yeah, done. but I mean, I mean he's done, but you never know. Michael Johnson, yeah, he's I mean, done he's it in the He might go out the greatest. I mean, you can't. If you go back all the way to two thousand I wanna say at least at least two thousand eight, this guy was just phenomenal. He's been phenomenal for years. So now you look at him like now at this point you can't think of too many track athletes who have dominated the way he has in recent memory. Right about that. I mean, but honestly, he's just, he's I definitely had transcended the, the game. Oh yeah. I mean, he's he's taking he's taking this game to whole different levels. I mean, it's just you can't put any other words around it. Exactly. And exactly. but to all of all of. The Olympians represented the United States of America. You did, you've done one hell of a job. I mean, the Olympics aren't over yet, but as a, I mean, just you guys have really made us proud. Yeah, I can't find the words to completely express this, but it's been a while since I've seen this much dominance. And oh, the men's actually, the Olympics are over. The Olympics oh, are over. Right. I think oh. they had the closing ceremonies. They had the closing ceremonies this past weekend. I I believe they had the closing ceremonies this past weekend. So I think the Olympics yeah, are right. over. But yeah, we, we still walked away uh, with a lot of hardware. Even even the men's basketball. <laughs> well, that shouldn't be a surprise. But, but of course not. That should be a surprise. I mean, we always do well when it comes to the basketball in the Olympics. So, 
that's no surprise there that they walked away uh, top dog on that. So, yeah. Yeah, men's and men's and women's basketball finished five and zero. Oh. No Olympics. Well, there you go. That's how. That's how you know. We 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 the best, like DJ Khaled would say. We the best. Man, Kevin right, yeah. Kevin, looking at the Olympics and seeing all the medals we were, the United getting, all you can hear is DJ Khaled. Another one. Another one. And, hell yeah, I mean, shit. That's all they, that's all they kept doing, too. They kept adding another one and another one and another one and another one and another one. Like, I mean, the U.S. was not playing in these Olympics. They had to show the rest of the world that that they wasn't ready for this work, <laughs> and they weren't. No, nah, they wasn't ready for this work. They wasn't ready for this work at all. They thought they was ready for this work. They wasn't ready for this work at all. They wasn't ready at all. <laughs> so right, wow, let's move on. Let's... All right, we're moving on too. Uh, I saw the UFC event this past weekend. I only saw like two matches uh, because we were watching um, NXT TakeOver and then we went to that but we'll get into wrestling in a little bit but that holy fuck that was an amazing contest between two very very top athletes in the UFC. McGregor and Diaz went to war. And it also showed during that match that they don't even like each other. Diaz fucking flipped off McGregor like he wasn't a damn bit of nothing, man. But that fight, five rounds, all action, and just shows the, the, the competitive nature of UFC. Um, McGregor ended up getting a majority decision victory, which was considered controversial, given the fact that one of the judges actually scored the bout a tie, and two judges scored the bout in favor of McGregor. Um, so it ended up being a majority decision, but my God, it was such an amazing contest. Anybody who's an MMA fan would have truly, truly enjoyed that contest. Honestly, I didn't see it. Uh, I didn't get a chance to see it. Uh, but from what I've heard, yeah, I heard it was. I heard it was a great bout. I heard the entire event was great. Uh, unfortunately, I missed the. I missed that bout. But um, hopefully, I will be able to see two o three though. Yeah, hopefully, I'll be able to see hopefully. all the two o three as well. So, you know, we'll definitely be talking about that uh, coming up. But you know we got to talk about this past weekend and the WWE's visit to the to the Empire State and how, they, how it was lit up at the Empire State this past weekend. Oh, but of course we do. You know, for those who don't know, this past weekend was not only – the annual SummerSlam, but it was NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 2. 
Yes, indeed. What are your th- Let me tell you something. What are your? Th- Let me tell you. Something. My thoughts. Let me tell you something. NXT Takeover, once again, was fucking phenomenal. It was an amazing, 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 amazing show from top to bottom. All the matches were awesome. Uh, I'll go ahead and you know run through the results real quick from uh, Takeover. Uh, first and foremost, you had uh, Bobby Roode making his in-ring NXT debut against then undefeated Andrade Cien Almas, and Bobby Roode had the second best interest of the night. Yes, I'm going to say that now, um, but he ended up getting the victory over Cien Almas in a very competitive, very good contest. Um, you had uh, No Way Jose face off against Austin Aries. Uh, Aries got the victory in that encounter. Uh, the debuting Ember Moon, formerly known as Athena on the indie circuit, uh, made her debut in NXT against uh, the Australian Billy Kay and Athena had the wow, the first wild moment of the night when she hit Billy Kay with what she used to call the O-Face, that flying off the top rope flipping stunner. That was freaking amazing, dude. I got to tell you, that was the most amazing sight I've seen in a while in a, in a wrestling ring. And she got the victory over Billy Kay. Now we move on to the championships. Uh, the tag team championships won the line, Champa and Gargano. Uh, facing off against the, uh, the team of the Revival, the Tag Champions. Hard-fought match. It looked like Gargano and Ciampa were going to become the Tag Team Champions, but lo and behold, the Revival show why they are two-time Tag Team Champions, and they managed to retain those championships in a very hard-fought contest. Uh, the Women's Championship was on the line. Asuka, who's undefeated, went up against Bailey. Uh, another hard-fought matchup, but Bailey was unsuccessful in becoming a two-time women's champion as Asuka was able to defeat her to remain unbeaten. And then, and what I consider as the entrance of the night, Shinsuke Nakamura being played to the ring by a violinist, and like I said, just thinking about the entrance is giving me goosebumps. That entrance was so epic. And Shinsuke Nakamura challenged Samoa Joe for the NXT Championship. And with uh, two Kinshasas, the second one legitimately breaking Samoa Joe's jaw, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura is now the NXT champion and is still undefeated. So, all in all, again, a great, great event um, in Brooklyn uh, for NXT. But then again, like I said, Brooklyn, they always, like, NXT always puts on great specials. Um, They usually do. And this one was no different. And like I said, Shinsuke, um, Samoa Joe did legitimately suffer an injury on the second Kinshasa that ended the match. He was—he legitimately broke his jaw. Uh, he tweeted out that he's okay and that um, he will be back soon. So um, right now, Samoa Joe will be on the shelf for a little while while he recovers from that. But uh, that leads us into SummerSlam. And I want to get your thoughts on SummerSlam. What did you think about SummerSlam? Overall, I I mean, comparing it to NXT, uh, I can't because NXT was just phenomenal. SummerSlam, 
I was lost me after the Cena versus AJ match. I mean, I did yeah. not really enjoy the pay per view at all. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's like each match it just got worse. I mean, New Day being introduced by John Stewart was pointless. The main event was, that was a disgrace. Uh, overall, I just it was one of the worst events WWE has ever put on. Those are my thoughts. Um, I don't know about the worst. Yes, I, just, I don't know about the worst. There was that WrestleMania where uh, Bam Bam Bigelow versus LT was the main event. That was worse. The sad part is that match shit it on half the event. I said it. <laughs> You're out of your fucking mind, dude. You gotta be kidding me. <laughs> yup. Nah. Okay, I'm over exaggerating a little bit. I'm about to say, I'm about to say that match didn't shit on the uh women's title match, it didn't shit on AJ versus Cena. Well, I did say half the event though. Okay, you did say okay, my bad, my bad, my bad, my bad. I said half. You did say half. You did say half. It was like they put, they put the they put all the good matches on first. Yeah. And then as it got down he definitely rolled out all the crappy matches. I mean, I expected more from Dolph versus Dean. I mean, I was I'm thinking that match was going to be mind blowing, and it wasn't. I mean, nothing against Dolph. I mean, but at times it felt like Dolph was doing a lot of carrying carrying of the match. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean. It did look like Dean was like really lazy with it and everything like that, and his re- retaining of the championship. Um, the Intercontinental Title match was okay. Uh, the U.S. Title match didn't happen. Uh, the Universal Title match was amazing, though, dude. That match was amazing. You gotta admit that was an amazing match, which is to be expected from two guys like Seth Rollins and Finn Balor. Oh, that was a great match. Honestly. The fact that that match was on as wait 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 I say that back it was on uh nah that the fact that that match honestly should have been the main event but we know it wasn't I mean it was a great match I mean Finn versus Seth I mean they did not disappoint at all that was actually one of my favorite matches next to AJ versus Cena oh my god I can't believe I just said that and the women's title match women's title match. Right. I mean, that was a great match. Was, that was really a world heavyweight title match. I mean, it it lived up to all the expectations, all the hype. It lived up to all the build up. I mean, you can't only did, really. the thing that you can find about that match is that ugly ass title. You know what? I just say it like this. Like, the title, I'm not a fan of Red, but you know what? Hopefully, it'll be represented well. I don't know. But I just know that, you know, I'm not tripping off the way the title looks. I don't care. 
uh, I'm just hoping that it's represented well. It's represented as a top championship and not as some secondary bullshit um, title. That's all I care about. I don't care what it looks like. It can look like rainbows for all I care. As long as it's represented like a top damn title, roll with it. You know what I'm saying? Honestly, so, you have a point because, I mean, that's how I feel. But at the same time, I mean, I, I mean, overall, the looks, overall, that, that red leather does nothing for the title. However... However, it was revealed that Finn Balor also suffered an injury after his match at SummerSlam. Yeah, it was during the match where he took a power bomb off the barricade. He tried to brace himself and dislocated his shoulder. He ended up popping it back into place during the match, and because and because of that, ended up suffering damage to his labrum. He tore his labrum, and because of the fact that it was the severity of the injury. He had to go under the knife. He went under the knife uh, yesterday, Tuesday, and because of that, he had to relinquish the uh, Universal Championship the very next night on Raw, and uh, that leads us to Raw, where they set up a series of matches to set up a fatal four-way to determine the next Universal Champion, which will be taking place on uh, next Monday's Raw uh, from Houston. So... um, the four men that uh, made that advance to that fatal four-way, uh, Big Cass, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, and Kevin Owens. So I got to ask you, Chills, who are you rooting for to become the, uh, to win that match and become Universal Champion? Well, honestly, my mind says Seth Rollins. I mean, that's who I will put my money on to win it. My heart is saying Kevin Owens. But if I'm gonna put money on this, I'm going with I'm going with Seth Rollins. I mean, he's the obvious pick. He's been world champion. He's still technically fresh off his injury. And for the simple fact that now that Finn is gonna be out for some time, you're gonna possibly put the title on the next best thing, which will be Seth Rollins at this point. However, I would like I would love to see Kevin Owens get that world title shot and shine with the world heavy shine with the WWE World Universal Championship. Almost said world. But um yeah, I mean it will be great though. Honestly I think it will be great. But I mean if I like I said, if I if I had to bet on somebody it will be it will be uh Seth Rollins. Big K's and Roman, I don't care for neither one of them. Honestly, the fact that they couldn't find nobody else other than Big Cass, yeah. I'm rooting for KO. Now, my prediction is going to be Seth Rollins, but I'm rooting for KO. I want to see KO with a top championship. I think he'd be gold as a top champion. So I'm rooting for I mean, for I know KO. he'll be gold. But, I know but he'll be I gotta gold. Feel Oh, yeah, but I got a feeling that they're going to put the title on Seth. They're going to put it on Seth and have him run with, run with it because his uh, WWE World Heavyweight title reign was cut short because of knee injury, so they want to see what he can do if he can have a little bit longer reign. But I'm rooting for Kevin Owens. I want to see Owens get it. But um, 
other couple other news tidbits from out of SummerSlam. We all saw that Charlotte became the women's champion, which was a complete shock to myself, and I'm pretty sure a lot of people in the, uh, a lot of fans that Sasha only had like maybe a month with the title and all of a sudden dropped it. But it came to come to find out that she dropped the title because she has a nagging back injury that she wanted to have to rest up on, and so she was given she was requested time off. She was granted that, and because of that, they she dropped the title. So now we have Charlotte as women's champion again. But now we have a new confident challenger that is going. To Hello? Hello? Yeah, yeah, DJ Clue, DJ Clue, Death the Storm, The Rock, The Rock, This shit right here, The Rock Army, Dame Dash presents the Dream Team niggas, word, word. What's up, y'all? Yo, this is Dame Dash, the CEO. Here to welcome y'all to the Dream Team. What y'all niggas thought I was gonna rap? Never. I'm just a little mad at niggas coming at my neck like my teammate the best in the world. You know what I'm saying? Like we ain't got B, Cam, J, Bleak, Freeway. Welcome back, Can you hear me? Welcome back, Sam. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I don't know what happened. Had a little call, right? Yeah, uh, Blog Talk, Blog, Blog Talk said, uh, yeah, bro, we got to drop it real quick. It was like he was talking, then I heard nothing. And I started talking to myself, then it appeared on the, on the switchboard. The call has dropped. I was like, Okay, so I'll play music. Long Talk ain't trying to let me be great tonight, man. I'm trying to talk about Bailey. I'm trying to talk about Bailey being on the main roster and they hating on me. What's going on, man? Bailey's on the main roster and is already about to challenge for the women's title. I'm excited about that. I like it. I like it, too. And I really, really, really hope that she does win the title very soon. I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, I don't know. It's a, uh, uh, I mean, I'm I'm not gonna take nothing away from Charlotte as a wrestler, but uh, it was like she just 
was champion not so long ago, and now she has the belt again. Like, eh. I understand what happened, but eh. Eh, I'm sorry. I, I'm not ready for another Charlotte title reign. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I hear you, bro. I trust me. I'm not ready for that either. But we got it. We gotta make do with what it is. But like I said, Bailey's in the building, so I'm rooting for Bailey all the way. Some people don't like Bailey. There's a special place to help me. Some of y'all, but you know what? I'm I'm part of the hooker section, damn it. So. True, true, true. Smackdown, true. Smackdown breaking out two new championships. They're gonna, they're breaking out a tag team championship and a Smackdown women's championship, and those belts look well, awesome. They look awesome. Dude, oh my because, god. Mostly because I like, I like the fact I'm blue's my favorite color. So seeing them championships, I'm like, fuck yes, fuck yes. Man, both. I mean, both titles were awesome. I mean, I'm sorry, like. Especially those tag belts. Dude. They made the ugly design look great. <laughs> that blue and platinum, though. That joint looks amazing. Oh, my God. That joint was official. I mean, I, I didn't think they could make that belt look that good. I didn't think it was possible. I really didn't think it was, I, I really didn't think it was that possible. I didn't really think it was possible. I didn't think they right. could. Like... I was. They proved me wrong. Hey, like I said, I like those designs. Like I really, I would like. I'm not even gonna lie to you. I would spend the four hundred dollars to get a replica of one of those. I would. Honestly, I would. Yeah, I, I said. I, I said that to myself when I first saw it. That will actually be on my Christmas list. I I, I need that belt in my life. I need one of those tag belts in my life. Like they took. The 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 copper penny belts it made them look great. Got them joints look I mean, like silver, like, like silver dollars. Man, they look like platinum dollars. <laughs> man. Oh, man, I like those titles, and I like what they're like, doing with the determining the champions. I like what they're doing, having a six pack challenge. For the, the women's championship, with the returning Nikki Bella, who everybody and their mama thought was never coming back after her neck surgery, and she returned to SummerSlam. Nikki Honestly, Bella, I wasn't really surprised. I wasn't really surprised, especially with the suspension of Eva Marie. I was like, you know what? They're going to bring back some. They're going to bring back somebody that. Is either fresh from injury or someone from a blast of the past. I was like, so once I heard uh, music, I was like, uh, there you go. Man, fuck even Marie though, man. She's a waste of she's a waste of space. Honestly, she really is. I mean, have her as a ring girl. <laughs> I'm just saying, like you know. Like in between she got, matches, she just come out. She just come out, hold up the number of the match. Right, but you know, for the first the, match, the she come out with a card that that has a big one on it. Right, but and for the, the main the event, she has a card that says main event. Oh God! <laughs> but um, but um, this six pack challenge was just taking place at the SmackDown brand pay per view Backlash in Richmond, which is about an hour away from where we 
Um, you got mm-hmm. you got Vicky Bella, Carmella, Naomi, Becky Lynch, Alexa Bliss, and Natalia. I like that. I like that a lot. Okay. And then the I tag team championships are being determined in a tournament with some great tag teams. And I'm already predicting it right now that the tag team that there are two tag teams that I'm looking at that are going to walk away with those championships. It's either going to be the Usos or it's going to be American Alpha. It's going to be one of those two teams. And I think a sleeper team, a sleeper team will be the Vaudeville. Okay. Okay. Um, my pick for the tag team titles will be ready for it. I'm ready. American Alpha. Of course. It's simple as that. I mean, I look at these guys and they're they're fucking amazing in the ring. I'm sorry. It is what it is. I mean, the Usos didn't get stale as hell. Uh, it's to the point where I don't even look forward to them even showing their face. On a uh, five-hour energy commercial. <laughs> Try one of these next time, <laughs> Exactly. Only time they really had me thinking they would be something special was when they first debuted with uh, Tamina. Now, when they uh, beat the shit out of the uh, New Heart, family, Heart Foundation. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember that. I remember that. Yeah. But, I mean... I Honestly, I gotta go American Alpha. I'm sorry. Like this tag team is, they're too hype. They're perf. They have perfect chemistry. They can really wrestle. They have the amateur wrestling backgrounds. I mean, this is the tag. American Alpha is the tag team of the future. I mean, we're looking at a more charismatic version of Team Angle slash the World's Greatest Tag Team. So American Alpha is my pick. And for the six-pack challenge for the SmackDown's women's title, I'm torn between Naomi and Becky Lynch. For Becky Lynch, I mean, she was SmackDown. She was the first woman to be drafted to SmackDown. The first. First one. Plus, they have toyed around with her and the Divas slash Women's Championship that Charlotte currently holds ever since she stepped foot in the WWE. So, I mean, it's a, it's eventually that time that she's gonna get it done and become the Women's Champion on SmackDown. But also, I think now that Naomi is coming out blowing in the dark with the little outfit and the entrance. I think she might, they might do something with her. I hope. I really hope hope. that they do something with her. Because, I mean, she's amazing. She, She is amazing in the ring. She can compete with anyone. And right. honestly, she's just amazing to look at. That ass, yo. <laughs> that ass, though. I I think my I'm pick for, I think the, my pick for the six pack challenge 
I would have to say I'm right there with you, either Naomi or Becky Lynch. One of those two. So I would say a wild card sleeper would be Alexa Bliss. Because Alexa Bliss is actually is actually very good in the ring. She's a little bit she's a lot better. Honestly, than she, she is. She she really is. I mean, I'm not gonna sleep on her, but I don't think it will be her time yet. I can see her winning the title soon or eventually, but not not yet. So I think Becky Lynch and uh, Naomi could have a pretty solid feud for the title after the six match challenge. It was also announced that the there will be uh, it will be Dean Ambrose versus AJ Styles for the WWE World Title. Hey, uh, AJ going he going to run circles around Dean Ambrose in the ring, dog. And he might end up winning the title at Backlash. Honestly, I hope AJ wins the title. I hope. I'm I'm hoping that they don't really try to have all these great wrestlers fall to Dean to make him to establish him as a champion. Because honestly, nothing against Dean, but I'm ready to see a new champion. <laughs> I hear you. I mean, honestly, I wanted Dolph to beat him Sunday. That didn't happen. But I think now AJ will win. I think AJ will become champion soon. I mean, even though he is 39. But, I mean, you brought this man over from overseas. Mm-hmm. Didn't put him in XT. You want him straight to the main roster. WWE did that for a reason. They didn't bring him over just to bring him over. <laughs> so he will be a world champion soon. And I think he might pull it off at Backlash. So we could be seeing a title change. Oh shit! We forgot to. We, yeah. we didn't mention the uh, ass whooping that Randy Orton suffered at suffered at SummerSlam. Though, do you really want to talk about it, or? I think that was pretty pretty self evident that Randy Orton took an ass whooping and got busted open and all that other stuff. So, uh, we I mean we could touch on it briefly, but for the most part, not really. Yeah, but you know there was. Uh, it was an altercation that in a back in a, a locker room after that between Brock and uh, Chris Jericho. Yes, Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho did not know what was going on in terms of the uh, the match. Didn't know that that was supposed to be the fit, the actual finish to the match, and tried to get you know somebody to tell him like what in the world was going on, and nobody would tell him, and he was overheard saying that it was BS. To which point. Brock Lesnar had something to say to him about it, and it led to a bit of a shoving match between the two superstars. Uh, they were broken up by Triple and Vince McMahon, and um, it went from there. Yeah. Ugh. I mean, it, I mean, that was just a debacle, though. They ruined the perfect main event. 
But at yeah. the same time, looking at Brock's history at SummerSlam, I mean, he's beating the shit out of everyone he's faced. <laughs> yeah, but it, it was, I mean, that match should not have even gone on last, to be honest with you. It should have been somewhere, like, it should have been a pre-show. <laughs> no, not It should have been a pre-show. No, no, no. no, I don't think so. They're two big okay, stars. Okay, free, free fall. On the main. No. Free fall. I just know it should it it deserved to be at the bottom uh, at the you know it it deserved to be near the main event but not the main event I will say that uh, because of all the hype behind man, it, it the storyline behind it it deserved to be near the main event but not the main event it didn't deserve I to mean be here's, the here's my thing here's my thing though uh, with all the hype behind this match this is what you deliver. Exactly. That's why I say it shouldn't have been the main event. It should have been close to the main event. It should have been in the spot where the U.S. title match was. The U.S. title match should have been before, and the Universal Championship should have been the main event. But what do we know? We're just sitting here talking on a radio show. Yeah, pretty much. Honestly, <laughs> I, I was I was highly disappointed, though. Like, I mean, really... I understand they want to make Brock look strong and make him look like a beast, but come on now. I mean, y'all, y'all ruined a perfect main event just for that. Yeah, that was bad. That was really bad. But, I mean, like I said, we're not in charge of booking. We're not in charge of any of that stuff. We just we just sit on, on, we just sit on blog talk radio and talk about it. That's all we do. So we, we don't know much of anything, apparently. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But you know what? Let's move on. We've been talking enough about wrestling. We've been talking enough about MMA. So it's time to start talking football. And and as we get to talk about football, a story broke today that has gotten you, Mister Chills, in a rage. So why don't you go yes. ahead? And why don't you go ahead and, and, and shoot your shot real quick and let these and let okay. these people know what got you all got you pissed off right now. So last night the San Diego Char- the San Diego Chargers made their final offer to rookie Joey Bosa. In that deal, the Chargers guaranteed to pay eighty five percent of his seventeen million guaranteed signing bonus. In his first year, eighty-five percent of seventeen million. However, Joey Bosa and his representatives still declined the offer. That offer would have made Joey Bosa the second high, highest-paid rookie in his draft class, behind only Carson Wentz. So, are you telling me that? Eighty-five percent of seventeen million in your first year isn't enough to have you sign and show up to training camp and practice and all that other stuff. I'm, I'm just saying, like, I mean, right now I feel as though that him and his representatives are being aren't being realistic. I mean, I am a supporter of going for what you. Going for what you going for your worth, going for what you want, and knowing your worth. 
However, you are a unproven rookie. Not the first or the second overall pick, but the third overall pick. You are a defensive end who's honestly, I can't even call you the best in your draft class. But you want to try to push the San Diego Chargers, a NFL franchise, to a ridiculous deal where you're making more money than the two first picks who are both quarterbacks. Honestly, no, no, I'm sorry. Joey Bosa and your representatives, I don't know what you guys are trying to do, but come on now, let's be realistic here. No one knows what you're bringing to the table. The San Diego Chargers don't even know what they're getting. As of right now, I don't blame them from withdrawing their offer after it was declined. I don't blame them for going public with the situation with the with the note. I don't blame them for that. Honestly, I would have did the same exact thing. I do not fault the San Diego Chargers on what they did. The fact that Joey Bosa's representatives had the had audacity to reply saying that, oh, the San Diego San Diego Chargers went unprofessional. They shouldn't have took this private matter and made it public. Well, guess what? First of all, this private matter was already made public by him holding out. Once Joey Bosa was holding out and rejecting these offers that the San Diego Chargers have made him, that's when it went public. That's when all of this became public news to the public eye. Now you want to sit here and point fingers at the San Diego Chargers because they're not giving your client the money that you feel that he deserves even though he hasn't done jack shit to actually show why he was taken that high? He hasn't played an NFL down yet. Before you can expect all this crazy money for him to be paid like J.J. Watt or somebody of that caliber, he has to actually do something. Until he does, how much do you really think a team would drop on a guy with no NFL experience? You've already shown the San Diego Chargers that it's not all about football to you. Again, I don't knock anyone for going for what they want or knowing their worth. But at the same time, when it comes to knowing your worth, you have to make sure the people that you're trying trying to persuade knows your worth. And at this point, the San Diego Chargers, I wouldn't be mad if the San Diego Chargers said, fuck it, we don't, fuck it. We don't want you on our team. You already wasted pretty much, you pretty much missed the training camp. You missed half the preseason. I mean, you haven't done anything to show us what we're getting. So at this point, I mean, what can you offer us 
as of right now, Joey Bosa, you are not only a jackass, but, my friend, you are really making yourself look really bad. You are making yourself just not seem desirable for anyone who want to take you up unless it's a team that's in desperate need to put asses in the seats or who are willing and dumb enough to drop that type of retarded money that you're seeking. That dude is the Bama of the week. Like, that's Practically oh, he's choke artist of the week. He, he's, he's the choke artist of the week. Yeah, they're practically throwing money at a dude who hasn't even proven himself in the league, and he's just like, he's got his people's like, nah, nah. I'm like, come on now, come on, let's 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 be for real. All right, let's let's be for real, man. Like you have not yet played a down in the NFL, and you turning down all this money. Like you might as well just go ahead and retire. Eighty-five percent of seventeen million in your first calendar year. Not even in your first season. In a first calendar year. I mean, how do you turn? How you, how do you turn that? How you do, how you turn away from that? Easy, he did it. Guaranteed money. Guaranteed money. Like seriously. I'm going to tell you like this. I think Joey Bosa has the wrong representation. I really do. Clearly he does. I mean, come on now. Anytime where like, you're the only rookie to have yet signed that was drafted, the only one. Yeah, that's bad. There's something, bad. There's something wrong. And like I said, I really think, though, that he's got the wrong representation for him. Well, now, the representation would, that he has, they are going to, they're, they're, as of right now, they're really effing up his career. They're not yep. doing anything for this young man. No, they're not. Now, here's my thing. If he's the one telling his representative to tell them no, and then they, t- and then they go and tell him no, then he's an idiot. But if he's just like, look, y'all make the decision for me, He's an even bigger idiot. He know he should know that, you know, this is a business. He needs to be out there playing. He can't be sitting. He can't be sitting around like sitting around twiddling his thumbs. Right now, he's so far behind. He won't even play a full sixteen game season. And nope. it's, it's stupid. Yeah, they said in they said in a message that he won't. He, there's a possible chance that he won't. He won't play any part of the season. So, I mean, my question for that is, is it worth it? Apparently is it worth it. is it worth not playing in the NFL? I mean, it wasn't yet your dream coming out of co- I mean, growing up? I guess not. You know what? It's time to move on. It's time to move on from that from that idiot uh, and move on to something else. Uh, shout out shout out to the park. 
I don't know if he's listening or not, but shout out to the park because he just tagged me in something that this motherfucker right there. Because I, I, oh, yeah, I, tagged, I tagged him in something that about his nine and said, do you think the nine is going to make the playoffs? And the song said, oh, hell no. So he decided he's going to tag me in something that Brian Stork, who was traded from the Patriots to the Redskins, the center, is now considering retirement after being traded. Now, Stork, um, yeah, Stork was, like, having some issues up there, and they were getting ready to release him. Um, but, that, but they ended up trading him for a conditional seventh-round pick. And in 30 minutes, uh, 30 minutes after it was broken by Adam Schefter of ESPN, Chris Cooley uh, actually tweeted out saying – that Stork is considering retirement. And then other tweets came out saying that uh, he, and now that he was traded, he's weighing retirement. Uh, that was from Ian Rappaport. Benjamin Albright said uh, said that just because Washington complete, completed trade for Brian Stork doesn't mean he still won't retire. So it's still a very real possibility. Um, Brian McNally Saying that you know, said that the impression he's gotten from talking to a few folks is that uh, Stork was rattled by the trade, very emotional retirement talk, not about injury history. So, yeah, a guy who we just traded for is a, most likely going to be a backup center is now considering retirement. Well, honestly, I think it's the fact that he lost his starting job. To an unsigned rookie I mean You put his injuries aside I mean he was going to come here and do what I mean Was he going to try to go for a starting job Don't know But I mean Even if he does retire I mean at the end of the day The Redskins lost a seventh a condition seventh round pick. Yeah, not really a big loss. Exactly. Not, not really a big loss. Let's be for real. That's not a big loss. A conditional seventh round pick, not a big loss. It, it is what it is. But um, I just find it to be funny that he's actually doing, you know, considering retirement because his alternative was he was going to be released. They were going to cut him. And then what? <laughs> so. You know, instead he wants, you know, he gets a chance on another team, and he's just like, you know what, I'm going to be done. Like, I'll, I'll be done. I'll, I'll roll out. And that's whatever. We don't need We don't need him. We nah. don't need that guy. We don't need that guy. But uh, speaking of, speaking of the Burgundy and Gold, um, they had their second uh, preseason game last Friday. Uh, they faced the New York Jets, J-E-T-X, and got the victory on a last-second touchdown late in the fourth quarter to pull out the victory. But out of that game came a casualty. Uh, Starting running back Matt Jones was injured in that game. He suffered a sprain of his shoulder joint, AC joint, and is being sat down for the rest of the preseason 
in the hopes of resting him and having him ready for for the uh, first game of the season, which is a Monday night tilt against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, Chills, are you worried with this injury that has occurred to Matt Jones, are you worried about him during the 16-game season? Okay. Yes, he did get hurt in preseason. But I think once he gets cleared to play, I think he will be okay. I mean, of course you're going to – his carries might get – his carries are going to have to get split just to keep him healthy. Now, am I concerned that our uh, running game will be affected? No. From what I've seen with Robert Kelly and Keith Marshall, honestly, I, I think we'll be okay as far as a running attack. I mean – Matt Jones came into the league as an injury prone back. So, I mean, him getting hurt doesn't surprise me. Uh, how he comes back, uh, I don't know when he's going to come back, but I honestly, I think he will. Ha- he still will be productive this season, fresh off a sh- uh, shoulder injury. I'm just going to pray that he doesn't get hurt again. <laughs> You also have to think about the fact that Josh, um, Coach Gruden has said that um, that Josh Dobson is on track to play in uh, the fir- uh, first game of the season. So what do you think about that? Honestly, having Josh Dobson will be a huge addition. I mean, for the simple fact that he's a tall receiver, he will open up a lot, you open up other guys like Pierre and Deshaun and uh, Jameson and Jordan Reed and Vernon Davis. I mean, so many guys, so many weapons that we have, it's like you can't double team nobody. So the addition of Josh Dawson returning, I mean, it's just going to make it more special to the point where the Redskins can actually take pressure off of Matt Jones and the run game. I mean, he still has to run the ball. But with a healthy Josh Johnson, I mean, it just gives you a little bit more comfort. I mean, so, so champ, what were your, what were your thoughts on um, the, uh, Friday's game, Friday night's game? Well, I didn't see it because uh, I was working, but I didn't listen to it. And for what I was listening to, uh, it does sound like uh, defensively we are we have gotten a tad bit stronger, and offensively we're looking pretty pretty okay. Um, I'd like to see a little bit more out of the team, especially the first team on Friday. Uh, Friday, you know, usually the third preseason game, the first team usually plays at least a half. So I want to see what that first team can do for the half in terms of offensively scoring and getting yards and then defensively keeping points off the board and limiting the amount of yards that the team offense on the other side gets. Uh, I'm reading stories here that uh, both Keith Marshall and uh, Rob Kelly will get first team carries on Friday uh, for that game. And uh, Jamison Crowder is not scheduled to play. Uh, for that game because of 
uh, soreness in his knee. Uh, so, yeah, so it's looking like, so hopefully with those guys out, they can still make an impact uh, against Tampa Bay. I believe they're playing Tampa Bay. Um, no, they're playing the Bills, I'm sorry. They're playing the Bills, and hopefully they can make an impact first um, to getting first-team reps during game situation. Uh, with Jamison out and having Kelly and Marshall in it uh, as getting first-team reps at running back. Um, so we'll see what happens. I'm just hoping, like I say, it'll be a better showing uh, for, for the Redskins at home against the Bills. Who knows? Uh, true. Honestly, like that that final try, drive, Renee Subfield. Uh, I gotta give him credit between play calling and his confidence in the pocket. I mean, yes, he was going to get second and third stringers, but for him to be a low level draft rookie, draft pick, just to be that comfortable after looking. After looking a little uncomfortable early on, but he finally calmed down and did what he needed to do. I think this kid does have a bright future as a starting quarterback in the NFL. I mean, he's still young. He seems bright. I mean, and honestly, he seems like he's going to be get confident as he gets more touches and more experience and more knowledge of the pro level. Right. Actually, now, saying, uh, actually, honestly, I'm glad you mentioned. I'm glad, I'm glad you mentioned uh, somebody young who could be have the potential to be a starting quarterback in the NFL, because down there in Dallas, that kid Dak Prescott, Mississippi State product. He also has the potential to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. If not now, oh, yeah. at least two years down the road. That dude is actually is extremely, extremely talented. And he, it was official, made official this week by Jerry Jones that Dak Prescott is going to be the number two quarterback in Dallas behind Tony Romo. Uh, and everybody knows last season uh, Dallas's Six and ten record was because of the fact that Romo was hurt most of the season, and their back and quarterback situation was absolutely. Uh, I don't mean to cut you off, but they were they were four and twelve. Oh, four and twelve. Either way, they were last place in the division, and it was because of the fact that they had no viable, no competent backup quarterback when Romo went down two separate times in the season for long periods of time with injuries. They had no competent backup, but now they feel they have a competent backup at Dak Prescott. And I'm going to tell you something. That kid scares me. Just a little bit, but he scares me so the, with the talent that he has. The only reason why it's only a little bit, and yet, you know, he, yeah, he's gone against vanilla defenses. But he still is going up against professional football players and playing at a very high level. So Dak Prescott makes me very nervous. And if Tony Romo were to get hurt before they before Dallas plays the Redskins, I would be very concerned about how our defense can handle Dak Prescott's athleticism and the fact that he can he's a very good pocket passer. 
I mean, as of right now, I mean, the kid is looking good. I mean, even first with first and second team. Uh, honestly, I'm not surprised that Dex is doing what he's doing right now. I mean, the kid was something special at Mississippi State. So for him to be in Dallas now running under Romo and Jason Garrett, he's going to be something special to watch down the line. Now, am I scared? Because we have to see that twice a year, possibly. Not really, because, I mean, I think as long as Scott is here, we'll have a team that can handle Dak. We got we'll have a team that can handle whatever is thrown at us. So, yeah. That makes me a little, it makes me a little nervous, but like I said, I I, I feel where you're coming from. Now. Um. But also, um. Real quick, I know we're talking football. I'm looking at college football, and I'm wondering if um, if, Mar- if Maryland head coach, uh, if the Maryland head coach for football, uh, is making the right decision. Uh, he named Perry Hills the uh, starting quarterback this season for this season, winning the job over Caleb Rowe, Gage Schaefer, Tyrell Pigrome, and Max Bortenschlager. Um Last season as a junior, uh, Hills didn't do very well. He went 90 of 180, 1,001 yards, eight touchdowns, and 13 interceptions in a year that saw him sharing starting quarterbacking duties with uh, a couple other quarterbacks because he struggled so much. But now as a senior, he is going to uh, start uh, at quarterback. Uh, DJ Durkin is putting his confidence in, uh, in him. I gotta say, I don't got no confidence in this dude, in this kid. I don't, because eight touchdowns, thirteen interceptions, and you had to share time at starting quarterback. I, I don't have confidence in you, dude. I don't. I, I think that, like, maybe maybe he's improved somewhere, like along the line over these last couple weeks of training camp for Maryland. But I just don't see it. I just don't think that him at starting quarterback is gonna make Maryland very competitive in the Big Ten. I just don't see it. Honestly, I I I gotta see it. I'm not gonna I'm not going to bomb on him yet. I'm not gonna eliminate the possibility of him being a potentially good quarterback. Maybe he'll maybe he'll be better with that with last year under his belt. A few breaking stories I wanted to uh, get into though that I posted earlier. Mm-hmm. Ex NFL great work done. Gave away his 139th home to a single mom. Wow. For those who uh, who aren't aware, work done. Ever since he's retired, he's been pretty much giving homes to single moms and children, also women who were uh, victims of domestic violence. He started his own little charity. This that in. He started his own little charity and his foundation to donate in your way houses for these women. So to, he hit 139th. That's a lot of houses. <laughs> wow. 
That's Another amazing. story I wanted to, yeah, I know. I mean, it's like he's doing, he's really doing a lot for people after his playing days. I mean, that's very rare. Okay. On to another dumb, dumb, dumb. Suspended Jacksonville Jaguars wide receiver Justin Blackman, who pled guilty to a misdemeanor DUI charge in April, was sentenced to 100 hours of community service and one year of supervision by a district attorney on Wednesday. According to Action News, Jax, Brittany Donovan, according to the Oklahomans, Cal Fredericks, Fredrickson, Blackman was also ordered to pay $1,000 in fines as a part of his sentencing. That is one dumbass dude, man. I'll tell you that much. That is one dumbass nigga. This dude right here, like, he had the potential to be a pretty good wide receiver, even though he was on the Jacksonville Jaguars, but he just couldn't lead us. He couldn't lead that shit alone. I mean, right now, this guy, this cat is still young. He's 26. Everything he's done so far has hurt his NFL career to the point where I don't think the team would would touch him. I mean, he he showed flashes of potential of being a good receiver. However, he just can't stop doing dumb shit. <laughs> so, as we approach week three of the preseason... Got quite a few games in on install, but honestly, from one thing I want to see from the Redskins, less penalties. <laughs> I mean, it, the penalties the penalties have been ridiculous in these first two games. So so ridiculous that uh, Ricky Jean Francois actually sounded off. At his teammates due to the penalties. <laughs> I don't blame him. Oh, hold up. We actually got somebody on hold. Oh, wait. Are they listening or are they. Are they listening or are they on hold? very critical for teams to learn what their first team offense is going to be capable of when the season starts because, again, first team, first team offense, first team defense is playing pretty much a half football uh, to really get ready for the season. So it's going to be a lot, it's going to be a lot of onus on them. And then everybody knows the fourth preseason game is definitely more so for those guys on the bubble to try to make that, that one you know, game-defining, you know, play to give them a shot at making making a roster. Uh, so it's going to be very, very interesting to see uh, what's going to happen with these last two preseason games and what's going to, you know, what's going to transpire from all 32 teams, uh, including the Burgundy and Gold. Yeah. I just want to see them penalties go down. That's pretty much it, like, I need to see more discipline with the skins. Also, I've been watching a lot of other teams during preseason too, just to get a catch, just 
just to get a feel of what each team might be up to. Right now, the Cleveland Browns are not looking like the Cleveland Browns that we're used to. Well, at least their first team offense isn't. Apparently, RG3 can do a three-step drop and get rid of the ball. Don't say. And you know, the, you know some of the things that he, that uh, he was told that he couldn't do here, and he also can slide now. He can actually slide, and and he looks like a real quarterback when he does it. Yeah, I mean, all the things that he was told that he couldn't do as a quarterback of the Redskins, he's magically, magically he's doing in his first season as a Cleveland Brown, and the season hasn't even started yet. But here's a scary thought, though. Now that you see Tyrell Pryor looking like a a respectable receiver, they drafted another receiver. They have Gary Barnerich, Barnich, and they will be getting back Josh Gordon. Will the Browns' offense be something to fuck with? I don't even know, and this is why. Yeah, you know, Terrell Pryor has shown a lot of athleticism and fitting and starting to roll, you know fit into the role of a receiver. Yes. Uh, Gary Barnich is, is definitely proving himself to be a good receiver on this level. Josh Gordon has not played a down in the NFL in a regular season in what two three years. So you got to wonder about the rust. Two years. So you got to wonder about the rust on him. And then you got to wonder if RG three, you know, if RG three is going to be actually consistent. So is their offense going to be something to fuck with? Maybe. I don't know if they're going to be that tight, but who knows? Here's my thing. The fact that they have Hugh Jackson, a man who's taught the same system that RG was under, he taught that system to John Gruden. Hugh Jackson has molded so many pocket-passing quarterbacks over the years. Now that he has RG3, I've seen improvement with the kid. I mean, it's still too early to tell because, I mean, it's still preseason. But there is improvement with that team already. A lot of people sleep on Hugh Jackson, but this is a man who took Oakland Raiders to an 8-8 eight and eight record in his, one only, in his one and only year there. This is a team that's been a joke for since 2002. And he gave them their best best record since. So, I mean, and he did it in a year. Yeah, I give him credit. He did do that. But, uh, like I said, I, I'm – I'm, I just I'm gonna wait and see when it comes to Cleveland and that offense with with what they have because uh, one the one thing you didn't mention is who's their who's their starting running back. Uh, that's gonna be a interesting question, uh-huh. but 
I don't I don't know that one yet. Um, but yeah, here's exactly. my thing with the Josh Gordon. That's why here's I, my thing with the Josh Gordon situation, though. Okay. I think even even though he will have possibly have some rust, he has he has other receivers that can carry the slack until he until he finds his group again. I mean. It's not. I mean, it's not like he's coming. He's a quarterback that's been suspended for two seasons. He's a wide receiver. I mean, not saying that he won't have rust, but I don't think he will have as much rust. I still think that he will still be a huge impact for this franchise, which he will be. Just, this is right, going back to what we we're saying. The re, that's the reason why I don't think Cleveland's offense is going to be one that anybody's going to fear is because of the fact we don't know who their starting running back is. We don't know what kind of running game they have. Everybody knows in this league, you know, pass first offenses, unless you have superior talent at receiver than a superior quarterback, don't normally, don't ordinarily really get far. And then especially in the division that the Cleveland Browns are in, the NFC, the AFC North, yeah, they, you gotta be, you gotta be a, a team that's gotta be at least balanced to be able to make it in that division with Pittsburgh and Cincinnati and Baltimore, three teams whose defenses have, are damn near legend. Two of those teams, their defenses are legendary, and then Cincinnati's defense is stout as hell. So. That's why I say Cleveland's offense is on a wait and see for me because if they can if they can run the ball well and keep teams honest, especially in their division, then I will say that that's an offense that can't be fucked with. But right now, I I can't say that because again, we don't know who's going to be behind RG three taking uh, take a handoff. So yeah. Okay, here's why I say that they will be. Honestly, I look at the Steelers' defense; it's not the same as. It's been in years. Cincinnati, they're suspect at times. One one game one game one game they will be great and the next they'll be some ass. <laughs> the Ravens, their defense hasn't been the same in a while. So with that said, you have the three other teams who will barely stop the pass. And Cleveland does have enough weapons in a pass game to be highly effective. As far as running back, they still have Isaiah Crowell. Glenn Watson. I mean Glenn Winston Winston. Ray John Neal. And uh, Raheem Mostert. Honestly, I think Isaiah Cromwell will be the starting running back just because, I mean, he's the most experienced running back on the team. He can actually put up some decent numbers. I mean, he's not a he's not a bum. So, like I said, this should be interesting. I mean, but the fact that they, they will have Josh Gordon, Corey Coleman, who was their first-round pick, well, one of their first-round picks. Um, they still have Gary Bonich and the improved Tyrell Fryer. So, I mean, this should be re- this should really be an interesting 
interesting thing to look at. Because honestly, I think I think the strength of Isaiah Cromwell is he can run, but he's also a good receiving back. So that's another thing that most teams will have to look out for. And we are down to our final minute in 56 seconds of the show. Yeah, and I'm I'm just I'm about to I'm posting something on our group page, which is TSOTS presents the Skybox. Uh, WWE Hall of Famer Bret Hart has once again come out uh, talking about uh, Seth Rollins being very unsafe when he's in the ring. Uh, he put out a statement, basically saying that Rollins could end up hurting someone or end up killing somebody in the ring. I posted on the group so you can take a read at it and, you know, give your thoughts on there because I don't think we got enough time to get into the thoughts of that tonight. And also, Mm -hmm. real quick, the Nationals fell to the Baltimore Orioles tonight by a score of 10-8 to at uh, Nats Park. Tanner Rorock was the starting pitcher and got ripped apart by the Orioles, uh, Orioles' bat. Rourke tossed five innings, allowing five runs, four of them earned on seven hits, and had three walks while only getting four strikeouts in the loss, which ends his four-game winning streak and his five-game run of quality start. Um, And so Rourke is going to have to hold on to that start until he gets another chance to start this coming Monday when the Nats visit uh, uh, Philly. Up in uh, up in Pennsylvania, the rest of the week the the Nats uh, close out their series with Baltimore uh, tomorrow night, and then they welcome the Colorado Rockies uh, in the Nats Park this weekend uh, for a three game series before they head up to Philadelphia for their uh, tilt against the Phillies, uh, and then they will be heading to New York to face the Mets. And lastly. Uh, Maryland football opens up. It's uh, like we mentioned with the start of, Perry, uh, of Mr. Hills, uh, Perry Hills. Maryland opens up their season uh, at home at Capital One Field at Maryland Stadium. They will be hosting Howard University uh, at Burr Stadium. That coming up on September the third. So keep an eye on that one. Uh, so that's about it. And finally, uh, the story you posted about Hope Solo being suspended. Uh, by the uh, by, the United States Women's National Soccer uh, Association. Uh, kind of knew that was coming. I mean, she she's been on some she's been on some other stuff. So, yeah. Yep. Well, sure. That's all we have for you tonight. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Two Sides of the Story presents the Skybox. You can catch. Me and DC Super Champ every Wednesday night at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 9 p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, we also have His and Hers on Friday, and we'll be back next week on the Skybox. Thank you all. Good night. Bye bye. <laughs>